Some brands are just known. People play ping pong, not table tennis. And I simply have never heard someone say, have you tried binging it yet on purpose? Sometimes the name simply becomes synonymous with the category. Amazon is amongst the largest names, not just in tech, but in business full stop. And one of the many products that got them there is a simple slab of plastic with a black and white display and a name that is indeed synonymous with the category. Let's face it, you see someone reading a book on the subway and there's not folded paper in their hands, they're probably using a Kindle. The development of the Kindle product line has been one of slow, steady iteration on a few key themes. Provide an easy on the eyes display attached to a seemingly endless battery and get them in people's hands as cheaply as possible. This year though, something new arrived. With a sizably larger display, non-symmetrical stance, and a pen floating to one side, today we're taking a good look at Amazon's newest entry, the Kindle Scribe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And we're here. Uh, we're going to jump in this week talking all things Kindle. You know, it's it's you know it's kind of carrying on a few weeks trend now. It's let's face it, people are out there buying stuff, and yep, amongst the things they're buying, it's gadgets. It it's is gadget, gadget season. season, and uh, you know. People obviously can buy a Kindle any time of the year. People do buy Kindles any time of the year. Yep. I mean, it remains one of Amazon's tentpole products, which I think, you know, quick aside, I think is possibly more meaningful than usual, considering a lot of the news around the Alexa division the last week or so. Um, yeah, I, that was know, crazy that, to hear that. Yeah, that the Alexa group, you know, the, the devices and hardware side of things, especially really, I'm told, got gutted pretty heavily a part of you know um and not making light of any of this it's not good when people are losing their jobs and it's amongst the worst things and uh you know especially right before christmas too right large number of layoffs over on the amazon side and a large percentage of those layoffs appear to have come from those divisions serving you know the alexa voice assistant and the hardware that its first party runs on being there um you know echo hardware line and just, you know, all of those things. So we're not going to spend this episode talking about that. We may circle back on it in a deeper degree. Um, but you know, that, that is just one more chapter in a story that's being written throughout big tech right now. We're hearing about just about every major brand going through these substantial and thinning down for what they are always predicting to be some leaner times ahead. And, um, yeah. that's, you know, primarily, you know, my thoughts don't go to, to the, you know, trillion dollar companies making those decisions. It's the frontline workers who are out there on the market yeah. now looking for a job that the people have know. been slaving away on those, those Alexa devices forever and trying to make them work as best they can. And nope. Okay. We're just going to leave it as is. And you guys all go home now. It's just, well, and, and, it's, and it, I, it doesn't feel like there was any lead up to that either. I don't remember hearing any rumblings about that. It was just one day it all of a sudden showed up that they were done. Not, not in the current moment. I mean, I can tell you myself in conversations I've had with others around it, it, the entire Alexa line kind of falls in the category of the, for me anyway, um, when not if big changes were going to have to happen yeah. because it is one of those great examples of when times are great and the money's flowing in, it's okay. Well, I mean, to them, it's okay. At, for Amazon, the company to burn cash on it because that's what it was doing. They weren't making right. money off of twenty dollars Echo Dots. I mean, that, that's just that's just yeah. a fact. I the play that. was to get them in people's hands, yeah. and the theory was that people would then use them to consume more Amazon services and buy more products from Amazon. And I just 
if that had played out the way they planned it to, I don't think we would have seen those layoffs. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean that that was. I feel like they they leaned pretty heavily on the you know uh, Alexa, you know buy buy me a loaf of bread, and then the loaf of bread shows up in two days at your house without you having to do much more. I have never once even wanted to try using that. I never have thought about it. I never thought it was a good idea, and I've never never tried it in practice. So, right, that, uh, is well, what it is, yeah. I guess. Eric, I guess it's probably like a check in the positive column for once that we don't have the world's biggest uh, viewership. Because if we did, uh, you would have just ordered a lot of loaves of bread. Uh- <laughs> I, I hope I hope that happens to somebody. Please, please let us know if I just ordered. Please let us know. Bread. We will we will happily yeah. reimburse you for yes, the bread if you can prove that that, yeah. that Eric's voice from this show is what just ordered bread to your doorstep. Right. But um, <laughs> anyway. Um, promises made on this show do not represent. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> no, so go back to what we are here to talk about, though. I, I would say a much shinier gem in Amazon's crown, as it were, is yes. Kindle. It is one of their oldest first party brands. When you think about you know Amazon and Kindle, I mean that goes back a long way, I, I, and it's, it's crazy to think what Kindle looked like a long time way ago. Back with when the, 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 with the, the giant big, keyboard giant keyboard the white plastic body you know just you know it's that the product line as a whole has gone through a lot um but talking specifically about kindle right now because there were minor changes made to a lot of amazon's products this year but one one new arrival that we wanted to talk about today and that's the kindle scribe and i will tell you you know it's probably one of the byproducts of kindle as a whole having been around for as long as it has is that it doesn't normally make a big splash when there's a new one. You right. know what I mean? They, 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 up, you, you and I were talking before the show, you got the you know, quote unquote new, it's a little over yeah. a year old now. It's, it's the newest the model, model of that The one. newest yeah. Kindle Paperwhite, I think right. it was October last year that yeah. came out. I actually just got it this summer as well. Um, great device. I mean, that yeah. that is one of the s- clearest definitions of iterative improvements over time yeah. is the Kindle lineup. To yeah. Me. I got they the signature edition one that has like 32 gigs of space or whatever. Cause I occasionally put comic books or, and that kind of stuff on there to larger look files. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's, it, it works great. I was upgrading from a first generation Kindle Oasis and it was, it was a huge step up. The only thing I miss is the physical buttons. I like having my thumb on there and yeah. the physical button for the page turn to do it page turn. It doesn't have that. So I swipe the touch screen or whatever and it's fine, but it's, yep. it's a, it's a good device. It refreshes the pages much faster. The text is nice and clear you know, decent enough size screen. It's the same screen that was in the, in the Oasis, I think are relatively right. close to the size and it, it works pretty well. I think the, the, the scribe is bigger though, right? Is that so? Right? Yeah. So that, that is, that's the big news pun as always intended around the scribe is <laughs> well, and actually yes and no big news wise. So it is a bigger screen. It is the biggest screen that Amazon's put on a Kindle product since you might remember the DX from yes. quite some years ago at this yeah. point. Um, it was supposed to be, you know, Kindle's big break into more of like the business side of things. The whole idea was, you know, you would put like full blown documents yeah. and PDFs and things like that yeah. onto this thing and bring it into meetings. And I will tell you, I remember being rather intrigued by it even at the time. Um, but it, I also just don't know if it necessarily delivered on every the technology. I don't. It's a clear example of the technology not having maybe been there yet. I mean, yeah, yeah. e ink was very much a thing, but there was a lot other iterations to come, which segues directly into what I think is the biggest feature around the scribe, and it's in the name. It's called the Kindle Scribe because you write on it. This is an e ink 
writing notebook device. Um, obviously, it has got a Amazon signature, great e-ink display on it for reading. I mean, it, it is as good. Right. Uh, you know, in in for for my eyes, anyway. You know, like we talk about in the audio episode, how there's things that you certainly hear that I yeah. don't, and you know full well there are things that people hear that you don't in the audiophile mm-hmm. world. I am sure a diehard e-ink enthusiast could put the best Kindle next to the scribe and say maybe the best purpose-built reading Kindle was better in some way. I will tell you to my eyes, it is just as nice an experience reading on the scribe as it is in my paperweight signature edition. That's good. So that's, that's a big check in the win column there. Yeah, for sure. On a bigger display, which the size of the scribe, it's a 10.2 inch display with a very noticeable left side bezel. It's got like it's got an it's got a jumbo oh, bezel to the like, left, like the Oasis then, like the Oasis along. did. Okay. It'll right along those lines. Um, thinner. I mean, I never owned an Oasis, but I did hold them a few over you know over the years. This definitely feels. I haven't looked this up, but it feels thinner and just overall yeah, the more balanced than the Oasis. The Oasis was an odd duck because it it was very 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 thin on the opposite side. And then it had like, it had a taper. It had like an inch and a half, like where the battery was and all the electronics were, that was like, I don't know, half an inch thick. It was like much thicker, but they kind of, you used it almost as a handle, whichever hand you held it in, right? you kind of held onto it right there. And it gave you a place for your fingers to grip. And it was more comfortable to hold and all that. It never bothered me any, but it, you know, it did sit kind of funny on a table. Mm hmm. No, that, 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 that makes a lot of sense. Um, so overall, the like the layout of the dice is very nice. It's a 10.2 inch display. That's iPad size. Yeah, that's, I was going to say that's yeah. big. That's bigger than I thought it was. So <laughs> referring back to a recent episode, it feels smaller than I think it is coming from my new massive right. freaking iPad, yeah, 13 inch iPad Pro. IPad, yeah. Um, but in Kindle world, it does feel very, very large compared to, I mean, picking up my paper white and then picking up the scribe, the screen feels massive, but I do mean yeah. in a good way. Um, I think... Form factor wise, I have become so accustomed to holding iPads. I don't mean my giant pro, like normal, either iPad, iPads or the air, or even my 11 inch pro previously, like that size has become very, very familiar to hold. And And this, yes. Well, this is much lighter, much lighter than you're probably so used to holding the weight of an iPad and then you hold one of those Kindles and there's nothing to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as a result, it feels quite good. It re- it really it really really does. Um, throw in then the writing experience because I was thinking, okay, I remember when I got my paperweight, thinking at the time, long before the scribe was announced, I'm like, would would this be cool with a stylus? I'm like, sure. I've said this on the show before in meetings. I love taking notes. It's not because I hardly if ever go back and read them. The act of the taking act of the it. note helps me recall specific things yeah. from a meeting. I'm the same it's way. Thing that I've yeah. done forever. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting there just, I might have, I might be making eye contact with you and I'm still absentmindedly scribbling on whatever's in front of me is just part of my process when I'm engaged in a meeting. Yeah. And I'm, always chasing the next great device for that. So, you know, so while this is about the Kindle, I did want to also take this moment to talk about, you know, in a broad strokes, pun intended, the other entries in these areas, because I've, I've used them all. We've talked about on the show, I've used the latest entries from the Galaxy uh, tab line and they're, you know, ra- actually rather fantastic stylus experience or the latest Apple Pencil offerings, which I mean, even the Apple Pencil 2 is getting kind of long in the tooth. Like yep. where's where's the next one um, and so on and so forth. So I've you know, used the majority, I should say, of the, of the frontline entries in the space. And I just want to cut right to the chase. I picked up the scribe, picked up the pen, 
And the very first thing I did after just opening up a book, I wanted to see like how it scaled how the it pages looked, yeah. and shocker to none, it scaled great. Like, cause that's always been another great thing. Kindles do you, you the ability to size the, the fonts up and down dynamically yep. has always worked very well for me in the Kindle space. And this is no different. So close that jumped right into the notebook section of the Kindle. And we're going to circle back on the software experience as a whole. Cause I do have some separate thoughts there, but I, Opened up the notebook, chose just basic, like the equivalent of a college-ruled piece of paper. Like I chose, because you can choose different formatted oh, nice. okay. paper types. So I just chose like basic lined paper and wrote my name. It was meaningful. I, 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 was, I, I use that okay. word a lot, but I use I it very intentionally. I wasn't expecting it, you to say that. Okay, I was expecting no. this to go the other way. <laughs> no. I my mind was hijacked a little bit in the moment because it felt so much like writing on a piece of paper. You just you had that moment where you're like, oh my god, did I just write on my new device? <laughs> Maybe I I just remember all I remember is being just very very hijacked because having done this so many times with so many different devices, like what I was expecting was so cemented in my brain that the I actual like. the sense feeling of writing it it was specifically. What stood out to me was it was the polar opposite of what I do feel using any of the other solutions I listed before, which is a piece of plastic running along a piece of glass. Because right. at the end of the day, that's what they all are. It's mm -hmm. a piece of plastic, i.e. the tip of the stylus, touching a piece of glass, i.e. the screen of the tablet in question. Yep. Because this is a Kindle, it has that matte finish e-ink display. And I haven't, you know, material science level broken down whatever they make the tip of the stylus out of, but there almost is almost a soft quality to it as well. That when you put the two together, the my my all I can equate to is my brain equates it to running a pencil on a piece of paper, and wow. that was game changing to me in that moment. And you know, I, I do a lot of this obviously in work and in my personal life, but I still don't trust my own, you know, instant reactions to these things. I get, I love new gadgets. So I'm right. aware that I get worked up by them in the moment sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so I spent the next day walking around, handing this thing to people and then just watching their face. And I will tell you the reaction time and time again was almost identical to mine. Wow. That's great. And, and what is the, what is the input lag like? Cause I know that e-ink screens aren't known for really high refresh rates. So I would assume I, that. I don't have any statistics to give you. I yeah. will tell you it did not disturb me once. Okay. Cause well, you know yeah, how I mean, when you do a page thing, turn I mean, or change brightness, like there's that flashing effect that happens. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how they're, and there, Amazon's not blazing new territory here, by the way, I'm, before you email me, I'm well aware there is remarkable and all the other, you know, tent poles of that e-ink tablet note taking experience out there. Um, obviously what's notable about this is it's Amazon entering right. the ring, um, with a device that is you know, the entry level is just over $300. I would tell you the one worth getting is just under 400. It's 389. That's going to score you the middle amount of storage and the upgraded pen, which does have some specific, you know, use case advantages, I think are well worth the, the upgrade cost. Mm -hmm. um, but going just, but just back to the writing experience, I haven't sat there and I, and I will, and more intentionally slowly drawn a line and watch for how it's drawing on the page. Right. But I will tell you at the speed at which I just write where I'm just, like I said, scribbling or doodling or sketching out a, a you know, a, a network diagram or something like that. It, 
my brain is not bothered by it. I, I wish I had a more scientific thing to say about it, but it's not like, well, no, that, Ooh, I mean, I'm waiting for that line to appear or I, you know, yeah. none of that is taking place. It just can, it just time in and time again feels like I'm writing. Right. Now, I'm not You're using to truly draw anything like my wife, the artist who I've talked about, like I'm sure she would be far more susceptible to that. And I right. should, and I will make a point to ask her this. She wrote on it and had the same pet, pencil on paper reaction I did. But I do recall she didn't specifically draw on it where I know that input lag can have much greater impact when you're trying to very accurately draw on a surface. I was just going to say when, when you're drawing, when you're writing with it, if by the time you finish the sentence you're writing, if you hit the period on there, you know, to finish your sentence, if it's caught up with you right at that moment, it makes no difference. If there's, you know, when, if, I mean, withdrawing, it would be something different, but when you're writing, if that's, if you're not noticing it, if it's not lagging way behind, then obviously they're doing something right, which is impressive to me because I just, I didn't realize, I guess, I mean, I've heard of remarkable and stuff like that too, but I didn't realize that the technology was quite there yet with the e-ink screens where they could get a refresh rate enough that it could make a difference like that because the the refresh rate on the ones the old ones that i've had has not been good enough to write on that's for sure so right no and it's it's that that has been quite the experience getting used to that and and seeing it for what it is like i said the everything else about it the experience is exactly what you expect from a kindle it's very easy on the eyes you can change the color temperature you know, color, I mean, the, the actual white temperature of the display um, based on the brightness of the room and things like that. Like, like I mentioned for the resizing of the text, all those, you know, table stakes items are there. Um, touching back on the software, though, um, this is the area where I just can't, I can't figure out where the money's going because <laughs> the soft, the software experience on Kindle continues to be and this is not just true of the scribe i felt this yeah. about the kindle for a long yeah. time yeah, I feel the software experience yeah. is very stale um i don't think it's very pleasurable to to navigate i don't think it's very logical to navigate like again i use we use countless of these devices every week professionally and i get lost trying to navigate the kindle yeah. constantly yeah i'm not a big fan of the way that they organize you know again i use it solely as a reading device it's it's what i get instead of paperback or hardcover books and things like that now so i only use it for a reading device and right. it going into my like when i'm reading a book when i've got a book open and i'm flipping through the pages and i'm reading it i have no issues but when it's time to go out and choose that next book that i'm going to read i don't ever shop on the device because that's miserable and yep. and i don't and looking through my library is always you know you're scrolling down through your stuff and it's just it's just not like you said it's not a pleasurable experience to go through and look through your library and pick out your next book they they definitely need to figure something i don't know what i don't have a i'm not coming to the table with a suggestion <laughs> but they i just i don't know what they need to do but they got to do something with the way they lay out their uh, ui well and for me i'll even just while we harp on their design language here for a second for me the even bigger one because once i'm at least with a kindle i know i agree with you i don't enjoy the experience once i'm in the book i want to read i know i'm there for a little bit i don't jump around between things i'm reading for the most part i'm much until i'm done with the book i'm in the book now this device adds a whole new layer to that and i am bouncing in and out more often going to the notes section that is that changes things and goes back to what my biggest rub is but on the book side of things again once i'm in i'm in yeah more or less what I cannot figure out what they're thinking is, is 
the swipe gestures yeah. in, in on going back to the need for to bring back some physical buttons. Yeah. That the thing needs a home button. It just yeah. now that there are a, there's a even just for the, going back to the scribe specifically, the fact that there are two very very specific modes in which you'd be using this device: reading mode and writing mode. There needs to be physical buttons for this because the act of swiping down to hit the back arrow to get to the home screen to change to the note section, but oh no, I swiped too far down, so it invoked the it, other yep. swipe from the top menu. It is jarringly bad to navigate that operating system. Yeah, um, I'm not a big fan of their of their swipe yeah. gestures either because I I mean uh, primarily like I said I'm swiping a page. And yep. when I do that, that's okay. I miss my physical buttons, but I can deal with swiping the page. But yes, when you have to go back to the menu on the paper white, at least for me, you ha you just tap in the top, like the top half inch of the page. If you tap up there, it brings down the menu so you can go back, but then you have to go back right. and then you have to wait for your screen to refresh. And then you're going to your mm -hmm. next book and then you click the next book and then you wait for that to load. And then half the time it, I always like to have the notification on the bottom that tells yep. me how far along I am in the book nine times out of 10, like every other time I'll pick up the book, it it's gone and yeah. I have to go into the font section and turn it back yep. on. It's just turned itself off. And like, I want to see where I am in the book, please. So just leave it on. And like, I go back in and you know, that's why I like page numbers in regular books too. Like show me my page number, which has always been a thing for me too, because the, because of the way that it resizes the fonts, like you talked about earlier, right? Pa pages don't correlate on a Kindle because the page number that I'm on would be completely different than the one you're on between a seven inch screen and a 10 inch screen, you know, right. the, the, it would, or, and it also would depend on your font size and all that kind of stuff. So they can't, they, the page, the pages are there, but they don't mean anything, right. <laughs> you know, or you get that location. I'm at location 43,474 in the book. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's just, Getting away from the software for a second, because I was just, if you know, not this is a full blown review, but that's the weakest part to me of the entire device. You know, yeah. scroll, running back through the hardware side, battery in my light to moderate use so far, as good as you expect from a Kindle. Even better because it's big, so it can fit a bigger battery in it. Like it's just, you know, it's it's, it's got great battery life. I've had it for a few yeah. days now. I, I've not read for hours. Yeah, I've not read for hours on end or anything like that, but I've read some. I've taken quite a few notes, shown it to different people. It's gone off Wi-Fi, off Wi-Fi. Um, I think I've maybe killed 10 to 12% of the battery. Like yeah, it's just, it's, it's what yeah. you expect from one of these ink devices. Mm -hmm. So yay, that that's there. Um, software experience, whole lot of work to be done there. Hopefully this yeah. is just Amazon getting the hardware out the door and that there are people toiling away to make more of an intentional software experience around this new device. Um, I personally feel they could have launched it with both, but that's just one man's opinion. Yeah, they definitely, um, I mean, they're definitely do they, they've updated the outside of the new ones pretty well. I think they're slick looking devices now. I think they've got the material, like you said, the material science is, is, really good right. the plastics they're made out of are really good they're really you know they're long lasting they're nice to hold yep. they hold yeah, yeah they hold yeah. up well the outside is great and then they, they gotta they gotta work on the software now <laughs> like that's yeah. gotta be the next step here but uh, jumping back to the overall note taking experience again um again that that was the real standout for me and the pen is how you do that obviously you have to have the device you have to have the pen um yeah. it's a it's a first party device um magnetically attaches to the side much like uh you're used to oh, okay. having does it charge that way and everything or is it not a charging thing it's not a charging thing oh uh, okay all right 
it's it's a it's a contact stylus. Got it. So um so there's no charging involved there that I'm aware of. Okay, I guess again I need to you know dig more into it. I guess again I've had a precious little time with the device, but I, to the best of my knowledge, there's no. It's not like it starts charging like an Apple Pencil does because it's not okay. making that kind of connection. Um, but as I mentioned about the premium rendition of this, um, the price jump is I believe from three thirty nine to three eighty nine, so it's fifty bucks to go to the one that by default comes with the premium pen, and I do believe that uh, that also jumps you just directly from sixteen to thirty two gigs. Okay. So, oh no, so there, so there is. Sorry, I just double check. There is a premium pen option at sixteen at gigs. 16 so, so it's a specifically a thirty dollar upgrade from three thirty nine to three sixty nine. I just right. opted for the for the thirty two gig model. Same as you, Eric. Not yeah. so much for comic books, but I knew because of what it was, I'd eventually uh, likely start dumping like work PDFs and stuff like yeah. onto this yep. for 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 meetings. So that just made sense to have the extra storage. But what does the thirty dollars actually get you specifically on the pen? It is a uh, a button on the side that you can map to different just you know change you know changing pen types changing you know, you, you can map oh, that to okay. different act it's an action an action button okay. which is fine it's approximately where your thumb rests when you hold it it's a button i'm a big fan of going back to physical controls big fan of having buttons in my of disposal yeah. i you know i jump over to, to what we we're discussing uh last week with the apple watch ultra one of the biggest game changers for me on that stupid watch is the button they added on the side period having a button to map to whatever I want for me specifically is to start the workout that I do every morning, seven days a week, something that was multiple button presses and swipes and flicks and everything else is now I walk out the door, I push that button and it begins. And you just, again, I just defined a first world problem. I just saved myself (laughs) 11 seconds, but it's not, I've had this watch now for four, six weeks, whatever it is. Every morning, eventually it'll wear off and become table stakes. But so far, every morning I push that stupid button. I'm like, oh, that's nice. That's you nice. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's just yep. that that was a creature convenience that I really appreciate. So same on this. I haven't used it heavily enough to really figure out like what my killer use of that button is going to be. But I can tell you now that I've had the one that has the button, if I had one that didn't have it, I would miss it. And I would want okay. that that option there. But the main thing. The other thing about the premium pen is you flip it over and it works like an eraser. Oh, so the the baseline doesn't have an eraser. Doesn't off. have any. I mean, you can tap the context menu, change to eraser, erase, and then change it back with taps. Right. But to flip the pen over and literally use it as an eraser is an exclusive feature of the premium pen. Mm. And just, again, this is just you know John's feeling on the situation. That alone from a user experience perspective is worth the $30. Yeah, I would, I would choose to go with that as well. If you're buying this thing to use it, as a digital spiral bound notebook, which is literally what I bought it to be. That eraser is, is if that $30 is the decision-making point, save your money entirely and just don't get it in my opinion. Cause if that's what you're there to get it for that $30 is going to meaningfully improve your overall experience in having that eraser function there. Yeah, that's interesting that they chose. I mean, that feels like such a default feature for me. That's interesting that it's a it's an up an upsell for you. You got to supersize your pen to uh, to get the eraser. But it also though is very on brand for Amazon. Yeah, I mean, it really, really is. I could see by second generation that just becoming the pen they pack in and just call it a day. Right. Yeah, but here and now, especially on a first generation move, again brought to you by the company that didn't include a home button. 
Like, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And again, yeah. before you start emailing me, I get it. The iPad no longer has a home button. The iPhone, no, I, I get it. Home buttons are a thing of the past. But these e-ink devices are, I don't just, I, when I use one, not in a bad way, not in an archaic way, but I still think about e-ink based devices the way I think about a previous generation of tech. And I don't mean, like I said, that this isn't cutting edge technology. I mean, e-ink is still blazing. This is, this is for me at the forefront of what they're doing with e-ink, mm-hmm. but the paradigms around e-ink tech, I just still feel like come from an age of when home buttons made sense. Yeah, and this do. is, this is a moment where a home button makes sense because going back to how shockingly good writing is in that e-ink display swiping gestures aren't there is not a single swiping gesture on that device to your point eric including page turning that is better than a button would be yeah they're, they're just not because of that full screen refresh rate yeah i mean i i think they've gone too far in the other direction because like when they started the the full keyboard on oh, the device y- yes. was overkill, but now they've gone Agreed. completely the other direction the other way. And, and killed because, all of the buttons. So. Well, because, it's, again, the technology has improved. That first-gen yeah. Kindle, you better bet it needed a keyboard because typing on it, it would take you 20 minutes to write your name. Right. And I will say, I, I very intentionally did the out-of-box setup on this. You have the option to like, pair it to your phone and do it from a you know, a device you have the the Kindle app installed on, like yeah. a, like a smartphone or a tablet. I very intentionally did the whole out of box experience from the device. I wanted to know, you know, what how you know what's it going to be like typing on. Not as impressed as I was with the writing, but I was impressed. Like the keyboard function is perfectly usable for short strings of text, doing a search, putting in a username and password. Like I wouldn't want to write on you know like write in the right. sense of like type out a paragraph on it that would be as painful as anything i can imagine digitally but it was perfectly competent as that so i agree there's no need for a i'm not calling for the blackberry you know curve edition right. of the yeah. kindle scribe you, you push but, the screen and it flips <laughs> up and reveals the keyboard yeah god but um but i do think just this is not just to the Kindle, but as a whole, physical buttons do still hold value in modern tech. I just, I really, yeah. really do think that is a thing. I even think about devices that have been slowly but steadily losing their physical buttons. Like I don't miss the home button on my iPad. Thrilled to have that thinner bezel because yep. swiping works great on an iPad. Yeah, it's fast. It just and does. Responsive. Yeah. It's, but you it's know different. what I, you, you know what I don't want? I don't want digital volume rockers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They've been talking about doing like a haptic capacitive and whatever. I guess my trackpad, as long as it feels like I'm pushing a button, I don't care what you hack my brain into thinking, but I, at the end of the day, I just want a button. Like don't, don't make it just a plus and a a touch sensitive plus and minus sign. That's what I don't want. And that's what I think about with, with this and trying to use those, you know, I I can't even say multi-touch because it's very much single touch. Just these swiping gestures on the Kindle make me think about those types of experiences where it's like, oh, we're just going to put, you know, an indent on the side and it'll be touch sensitive. And when you press it, it'll do things. That's the equivalent to this. And no, I just want the freaking button. I want to push a a plus button and a minus button have the volume change. Well, in this case, I want, if it's not a home button, which I still think would have been easier, you know, a single button, one tap takes me to books, two taps takes me to writing. We're done here. Or just two buttons, one with a book on it, one with a pen on it. I, I don't know, but just like yeah, the act of thing. switching in and out of the two modes, it takes the, what we've already described, which is the mediocre at best, bad most of the time software experience on the Kindle and just like turned a massive spotlight on it. 
because going back to my paperweight, I don't really think about how bad the software is because I'm not in it very much. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Five minutes I spend in between books. Mm Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really bother me. But the the fact that I have to switch between two worlds on this device makes me spend time in that giant air quotes operating system more than I ever have on a Kindle device. And it is just like, it's turned it into sandpaper to me. Yeah, it makes you really. So like we like, we like to do on the show here, yeah. what's next for them? So how long do you think it's going to be? Because this technology is out and I've seen it on other devices. How long do you think it is before we get a Kindle with a color e-ink screen. I mean, you could pick at that and go all the way back to not, I mean, if you want to go, I'm sure if you dug through the archives of my old podcast going back (laughs) to 2012, I guess it would have been, I'm sure there were conversations there around color e-ink and and, and when is Amazon going to make a color Kindle? Um, I don't feel like, I feel like we made a prediction then too. Yeah. I feel like the device that you have, like take away the writing on it, but keep that 10.2 inch screen and put a color e-ink on there. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's basically a comic book and magazine consumption device at that point. All sure. of those, you know, and, and in a, and that lasts for a month on a battery, you know, cause you can right. read comic books and, and all that on your, on your iPad, you know, your 13 inch iPad, the, you know, the 12 inch iPad, all that, all that stuff. You can, you can read them on there and they look great, but you know, having that e-ink device that lasts a month, you don't have to charge every other day and those kind of things. It would be interesting to see if they would do that. And I know, I think the color e-ink screens have a long way to come technology wise still. They, they do as, as good as I wouldn't even say as good as great as black and white or grayscale e-ink yeah. has become color e-ink while it does exist is aggressively mediocre. I think yeah. that's one of the biggest issues because you think about a comic book. I actually think I would rather read a comic book on a great grayscale display yep. than on a crappy color display. Yeah. I, I, if I remember I it, the colors all look washed out. Washed out. I was going to so, say, yeah. maybe it exists. I've never used a color e-ink product that had anything approaching what I would describe as a vibrant display. Yeah. And especially comic books, but even most magazines, you're going to want like they're produced in such a way for colors to pop, for them to be mm-hmm. attention getting. So, I mean, I, I think what you're describing is the ultimate of this generation, well, not this generation of, but of that generation of devices for sure. But I just, I don't know if color ink has actually gotten there or how far away they are from it. Yeah. Um, as far as Amazon is concerned, there's, I, I, unless they've got something in a lab somewhere that no one has seen yet, which is always possible. Right. Going back to immediate predictions, I cannot imagine a second generation device. Here's the Kindle Scribe Two with color. Like it just yeah. it see it feels further away than that. Yeah. But again, going back to this being a ten point two inches, I think the per, I do believe the perfect display size. I would maybe trim down that jumbo left bezel a bit. It is does make it nice to hold. You have to have a place to hold the stupid thing. So I mean, I yeah. do enjoy having the very pronounced like handhold element of that but it's a little bit bigger like maybe not quite noticeably big yeah take it take it down by a third you know what i mean right. just slim it up a bit um a little less noticeable just a little less unwieldy um but on the whole they've really got something there with the size of this because i i think they've str- they struck a really great chord of it's big enough i can take notes on it very comfortably it's big enough i can scribble out like i said diagrams and things like that that i do at work regularly 
and have it be meaningful. Like I can then show it to someone and they can actually read what and I just understand what it is. Yeah. Understand what it is. Um, so it accomplishes all of those things, but it's also small enough that books don't look stupid. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I do think it's comical when I open a book on my iPad pro because it looks ridiculous. <laughs> right. Like it truly looks utterly, utterly not that anyone would, you know, you have to have arms bigger than mine to hold that thing up for any meaningful amount right. of time yeah. too and read from it. But it just looks silly on that 10.2 inch display. Once you dial the font sizes into your like visual comfort level, it doesn't look outlandish. It just, yeah. it looks like a big book. Like I think about like a lot of the hardbacks I buy by nature are a bigger footprint than the paperback yeah. equivalent. So like in my brain, I think about my paperwhite as my paperback. Right. <laughs> you know what I and mean? Do you read and this is more of the, the hard, the hardback. When you read it upright, does it do one page? And if you turn it sideways, does it do two pages on there? Kind of like the... I am embarrassed to say I haven't tried, but I I'm doubt it because I do not believe it has an accelerometer. Okay. Cause the, you know, when you turn like the other Kindles on their side, sometimes I know some of them in the past, or maybe it was the nook or something like that. It would, it would give you basically like a half a page of bigger font rather than, but with a 10.2 right. inch display, I'd almost think they could put like two paperback size pages on a single one. Like, like it would, the, the, like those apps do when you're on an yes. iPad, one of the larger iPads. Yeah. I, again, going back to the things I would potentially expect, Maybe on a second gen if they did throw away. Because they are now, just by adding the note-taking function, this thing is a step closer to being quote-unquote a tablet. Yeah. Again, I don't care for it to have a browser. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't yeah. want an app store. You know what I mean? That's not what I'm talking about here. But there is now a distinct second function other than here's a device you read on. Again, one of the things I love about my Kindle is that my, my Kindle Kindle is that it is just a device I read on. Yep. I think note taking is adjacent enough. It's it's in parallel with that enough that doesn't bother me that now that it does these two things. What I actually don't want this to become is the slow, steady trudge towards a getting a fully featured browser, some kind of goofy app store, notifications. I want none of those things. Like yeah. I do want my Kindle experience to continue being a Kindle experience. It's just an experience that now does two things really, really well. I would be afraid almost for it to even get a third because now yeah. it's becoming the whole reason that I run to my Kindle, which is to get away from my devices yeah, that I mean, won't the last shut thing up. I would want is, you know, seeing my spam email pop up on the top while I'm reading my book. That would that would right. be, I would be com turning that off immediately if that was something that you were able to turn off. And if I wasn't able to turn it off, I'd be going to a different device. So, yep. Agreed. So on the whole, you know, highest level, I do think, I do believe that Amazon has a device worthy of a second generation in it. You know what I mean? Because okay. yeah. Amazon is one of those companies. They're willing to try stuff. Most of the time they'll keep making more. But I mean, I think about, you know, the Fire Phone. Mm -hmm. Boy, howdy. I'm yeah. glad there, I'm glad there wasn't a second one of those. Yeah. You know, there have been other first attempts that didn't get any further. I'm hopeful that they press forward with this one. I don't think it's going to, how do I temper this? I don't think it's going to take the world by storm. Cause I don't know how much of a world there is to take. Like this yeah. is a mark. There are people out there who want this device. Like I said, remarkable is a brand for a reason. Like they, yeah. they are a, they are a company making a product for there is, there is a market for this, but I would think that, you know, that market is, I don't know this, but I feel it would be substantially smaller than the commodity Kindle paperwhite or just Kindle Kindle market. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, this is sure. more of a specialized device. I would like to hope that there is enough of a market to garner Amazon's attention long enough to keep making them because 
I do, I feel it's compelling enough to keep at. Um, and there's just things they're doing that I do prefer somewhat to what folks like Remarkable are doing. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, you know how much I am not a huge fan of, again, going back to our earliest point of another massive tech company moving into a space that's actually kind of dominated for the most part by a much smaller player and having them just potentially elbow that player out. So if anything, I'm hoping if for nothing else, this actually creates some competition, um, that makes remarkable better and all the other folks. And there are, I'm there, I'm blanking on names, but there are several key players in that space right now, obviously Amazon entering it and throwing their dollars around at it, especially from a price point perspective is scary because that's not normally competition. That's just them being willing to willing to play a waiting game. Yeah. And they can take a loss on it and not even worry Uh about it. Yeah. But we see going back to our early point, how that turned out for a lot of folks working in the, in the echo division. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, so and it's not a good sign for it to head that way for, for these guys. I don't want it to head that way because I, I enjoy no. my Kindle. So they need to keep them around yeah. for sure. <laughs> but on the whole, good device. Glad I have it. Like, this is one of those where I bought it with my own money. I saw it. It yeah. fit a need that I wanted. I had I I cannot tell you the number of times I've had a fully spec'd out remarkable in a cart and just not hit by it now. And for the most part was it tarried just over the line by the time it was said and done for what I was wanting to pay for what I knew I was going to use it for. Even this, I was hoping all said with the pen I wanted, it was going to be closer to $300. This again, ended yeah. up being four. I will say full transparency. They were doing a thing where you could save 20% by trading in pretty much any old Kindle. Anything. Yeah. I had like my two gen, cause I, I, mentioned I got a paper white over the I'm sorry, the yes, new yeah. paper white signature over the summer, which means that my previous just regular paper white I had given to my wife. She had been using my, I think, first generation like the very first year the paper white came out. And I think those are three or four generations in at this yeah, point. Yeah. It was an older model from several years old. I ended up just, you know, it had it was at a trade in value of like five dollars. <sighs> and it's and it still did, but it was five dollars plus 20%, 20% off on the trading it in. That's pretty awesome. Okay. So then it suddenly became, I think what amounted to like a $75 trade. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty much half of what the stupid paperweight cost right. back in the day. Back so the day, yeah. awesome. So it got my total spend much, much closer to what I'd originally wanted to spend in the first place. But again, I'm not blind to the fact that I was able to do that. My, my, for three or four generation old paperweight wasn't worth $75. Right. Amazon knows what they're doing. They're flexing their, their, their pockets might be a little tighter than they were 18 months ago, but they still got cash and they're yeah. flexing those dollars against their market competition. So that I have realized I'm sitting here justifying something that I literally just did with my <laughs> own dollars, but you know, cautionary tales are what they are. We see this happen in the space from Amazon as much or more than anyone else entering a space with a well-established playbook for how to create the illusion of competition while actively stifling that competition right. all in one stroke. Yep. Yeah. They, they definitely do that. Cause I mean, their, their price points, when you, when you look at the, 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 we were talking about the Alexa devices when you look at the prices that they put those on. I mean, they, when sure. they come out, they're one price. And then the, the first time you get to a sale season, they, they're 29 bucks, yeah. you know, for those. And they're just, they're dirt cheap and they just want to get them in as many people, ha- 
as many people's hands as possible right away and they just make them dirt cheap and the, they're gonna the joke about so many gadgets is like you know blah 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 and they'll just throw a whatever widget at you that's no the number of times i've walked into a best buy to get something and they're just like hey you want a free echo dot i'm like I, not really it was like well no. we're giving it to you anyway <laughs> yeah cool like right. i've re-gifted more echo equipment yep. that was just like hey happy tuesday here's a speaker because i literally went with the intention to buy a widget and they're like you know this comes with a free echo this week okay awesome yeah <laughs> I, but like i think that speaks volumes when literal physical pieces of smart hardware is being handed out like we're used to being handed a crappy six month subscription to an antivirus we didn't want right you know what i mean like that's there's a big difference there between here's your two cent cd that gives you six months of a crappy antivirus compared to a here's a literal speaker with far field microphones and access to a relatively intelligent cloud ai like that shouldn't i just go back to that shouldn't actually be a thing yep it just shouldn't yeah. And they, they were throwing those things around like crazy. I mean, I, because of that phenomenon you just described, I have six of those devices in my house, three of them hooked up, but <laughs> three, three of them not. just sitting around because I don't need them in every single room. I don't need one in, you know, in the bathroom. Nobody needs to hear that. So, right. you know, <laughs> like so many, anyway, I'm just not, um, anyway, well, I don't even know any way to say other than on that bombshell. I I guess we'll wrap this one up. Uh, Really, though, on the Kindle Scribe, though, uh, if that is a space you're looking at, I do suggest look at the Scribe, look at Remarkable, look at the other players. The the e-ink space, if that's something of interest to you, is actually a really fascinating product category right now. We constantly talk about, you know, spaces that are, you know, mid disruption or there's activity going on in them. I mean, smartphones, for example, Apple drops a new phone, Samsung drops a new phone, Google drops a new phone. Like they're all better, hopefully in some way that the one that came out before, but they haven't been massively new or interesting in some years. And that's just because it's a very mature product category. Mm-hmm. E-Ink, while it's been on the scene just as long, I think still has some of its biggest like biggest upside days ahead of it yeah so it's a very interesting space to watch the technology for it seems to be have been have been developing slower but you know as it goes along the iterations they're smaller but it has been making forward progress and in looking at those original because i had a nook originally the first one i didn't have a kindle for my first device i had a nook and the refresh rates on those and the control scheme on that compared to this now, it is leaps and bounds better. Again, we're still having problems with the software, but it is still way better than those initial experiences. It's, they've made huge strides. Yeah. And and yeah, I can definitely see them. There's going to be some watershed moment where they're going to put out one that has some new features or something that they've been cooking up in the background for the e-ink, whether it's a really bright, vibrant color screen or something. They're, they're going to drop something eventually that's going to shake things up. And I'm interested to see what that'll be. Yeah. Well, on that, I'll, I will truly close it out with my first, you mentioned the Nook and my, my first e-reader. I remember I, I was distinctly considering a Kindle and ended up, I believe it was a Sony offering if memory serves. Sure. And yep. it was a machined aluminum, very, very just, this was the, this was the time of the white plastic keyboarded yeah. Kindle. And 
Sony had one that was, it came with this leather book binding cover mm-hmm. and it was, and I remember picking it up. I, I genuinely think it was like a Sam's club or something. I remember mm-hmm. picking it up and the first thought that came to my mind was if Apple made an e-reader, this is what it would That's feel what like. like. Yeah. Yep. And I ended up getting it for several reasons, that being one of them. And it was a little bit more of an open software experience also. Yep. Um, it was just a few years later that we were holding iPads. Yeah. So, crazy. and the similarities between the look and the feel of picking up those two devices, obviously display technology is being very different, but uh, it's interesting to think that that was, that was what was going through my head years before iPad was even a thing. And then there it was. And then they so, did it. Yep. And then they did it. So on that, we will wrap it up and we'll catch you next time. Later. Later.